Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Sports Business Updates, my podcast covering the biggest sports business news from India. In this episode, I have interesting updates about JSW Sports and their ambition to launch India's first sports-based IPO. I also have updates on various cricket broadcast deals negotiated by Indian sports channels, Kelo India's new funding plan for women's sports in India. I will also be discussing the impact of banning Battleground Mobiles India on the Indian esports industry. And I'll wrap up this episode with highlights from the Pro Kabaddi League player auction. The updates are all very interesting and do try and listen to the full episode if possible. Update number one is about JSW Sports and their success and a mind-blowing plan that will change the way sports is perceived in the future in India. So as you all know, JSW Sports is celebrating the success of India's amazing run at the recently concluded Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. JSW Sports sent 21 athletes to represent India and out of which 13 athletes returned with medals which is a very interesting and amazing development for JSW Sports. JSW Sports has also spent close to 100 crore rupees in building IIS in Vijayanagar and close to rupees 40 40 crores uh, to support their institutes across India each year, which also includes money raised from 30 plus donors. After all the success in developing sports infrastructure for champions, JSW Sports is aiming for something that has never been thought of in Indian sports history. And that is India's first ever sports-based IPO. In a recent interview, Parth Jindal, who is the founder-director of JSW Sports, said, and I quote, I have an ambition to make and create India's first public sports company. Having a presence across sports, having a talent management arm, and cricket and football academies in the country, I think these are all the right vehicles to go public by 2025. By that year, we expect the sports ecosystem in India as well as our sports franchises to all mature enough for us to consider going public, unquote. As wild and weird and crazy this announcement might sound, and I'm sure most of the people in India will possibly laugh it off, but this is a very well-calculated thought and plan by one of the leaders in the Indian sports sector. So you can only write of JSW, write them off at your own risk or your own peril. That was the first update for this episode. And now moving on to a second update, which is about Sony Sports extending their broadcast rights with uh, ECB and Disney Hotstar, adding Cricket Australia to the roster of broadcasts in India. So Sony Pictures Networks India, uh, also popularly known as uh, SPNI or SPN, has extended its partnerships with uh, partnership with England and Wales Cricket Board, so ECB, uh, for exclusive television and digital rights for six years until the year 2028. And in territories like Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Nepal, Afghanistan, Bhutan, Myanmar and Maldives along with India. The renewal will give SPN the exclusive rights to broadcast all senior men's internationals and women's internationals along with county competitions on the sports channel and 
a lot of exclusive content from ECB will also be streamed on SPN's premium OTT platform, Sony Live. The deal also includes rights to telecast county competitions that include LV Insurance County Championship, Vitality Blast and the Royal London Cup. Along with this, there's also news of uh, Cricket Australia partnering with uh, Disney Disney Plus Star in India uh, to broadcast international cricket played by Australia. So these two updates are very important from from a cricket perspective and also from a channel perspective because with the recent changes happening in the Indian broadcast industry, Indian sports broadcast industry, I think all channels are trying their best to get whatever they can in terms of uh, broadcast rights and uh, anything cricket always works in India. So that was our second update. Update number three is about the Indian government supporting women's sports with a fresh round of funding announced very recently. So as you all know, women's sports is experiencing an unprecedented success in India at the moment and to encourage more women's success and participation in in sports, the Indian government has committed close to 9.5 crore rupees under the Sports for Women component of Kelo India scheme. The fund will be utilized to provide special emphasis on the promotion of sports amongst talented women athletes in the country. The Sports Authority of India has established one national center of excellence and three training centers exclusively for women and most of the funding will be directed over there uh, to develop future athletes and improvise and improve on the infrastructure available. It has been reported that 3,146 women athletes are trained across the country under the sports promotion schemes of the Sports Authority of India. Further, under the talent search and development component of Kelo India scheme, 1,374 women athletes are being trained across the country and supported with maximum financial assistance at the rate of 6 lakh, roughly 6 lakh 28,000 or 6 lakh 30,000, which also includes a 1 lakh 20,000 out of pocket allowance per annum per athlete. With a view to achieving the twin objectives of mass participation and promotion of excellence in sports, the government in February this year decided to continue the scheme of Kelo India, which is a national program for development in sports. Just reverting back to the payouts, I think uh, the payouts may seem very minuscule compared to the funding women's sports gets in you know, in the rest of the world, in the in in countries like the in in countries like the U.S. and the other countries in the West, but it's a new start and most importantly, a reason for Indians to consider sports as a full-time job that supports the future athletes financially. So that is very important, and I think uh, this move by the government will instill more confidence among uh, among uh, the parents of uh, future athletes, especially the women athletes. Uh, to let them participate and you know play the sport that they love and make a living out of it. That brings us to our uh, fourth update, which is about Battleground Mobile getting banned in India. Uh, and what is the impact of that? And what does it mean for esports enthusiasts and the overall future of the, of, of the esports sector in India? So the Indian government has 
once again banned battleground mobiles uh, mobile india bgmi uh, i'll just refer to the game as bgmi uh, under section 69a of the it act the same provision that was used to ban pubg mobile uh, just to give you all a quick understanding of what exactly happened uh, i think a year back or maybe a little more uh, i'm not too sure about the duration but India had banned all Chinese apps, uh, not all, but most of the Chinese apps, which included TikTok and PUBG, uh, as a part of uh, a geopolitical tension that uh, was happening between India and China. Um, however, Krafton, which is a South Korean company, then took over the ops from Tencent, the actual owners of uh, PUBG, which is a Chinese company, and they really uh, and they relaunched the game as uh, BGMI in India. However, it was discovered that Krafton still passes on the data, a part of the data, uh, I believe of close to 13% of data is still uploaded on the Tencent servers. And uh, this is what the government found out and hence the ban uh, for the second time. Having explained the scenario, the recent bans on BGMI, which was launched just a year ago, has triggered a lot of questions about the future of esports in India. The Indian esports industry is at an early stage of growth compared to the market in other countries like US and Japan. But as per experts, this industry has seen huge growths in the recent year. In the past five years, esports has experienced over 200% growth in terms of viewerships, along with prize pools, also being able to compete with the biggest sporting leagues uh, in India. Also keep in mind that, the, that India has around 430 million mobile gamers and the numbers are just going to increase in the coming years. This sets up a perfect segue to highlight the after effects of the ban. So let's, let me just take you through them. I have four points that I want to make over here. Point number one, there will be a reduction in sponsorship values and significant reduction in prize money. Point number two, viewership will reduce significantly because when PUBG was banned, the viewerships had gone down by 70% and, uh, and recently Nordwin had just uh, completed an event which was uh, BGMI, which was BGMI live on uh, on Star Sports. Uh, it was the first of its kind event which garnered millions and millions of views, but that is definitely going to get affected in the future. Uh, point number three, or the impact number three, is going to be no international opportunities for Indian esports athletes. Uh, of course, if if the game is banned in India, they can't play uh, this game abroad, uh, or you know can't compete in any competitions abroad. And the fourth and final point or impact that I feel is, uh, is is going to make a big difference negatively is uh, that foreign direct investments in gaming is at major risk. So consider this, right? Krafton has invested close to $100 million in the Indian esports industry with major investments in Nordwin Gaming, Loco and a few others. Uh, so if the company is making such big commitments in the Indian esports sector, it's purely because they believe in it. But if bands like these continue uh, it might it might send a wrong message to uh, other publishers in you know who want to uh, popularize their games in india however with that said crafton ceo has also accepted the ban and is willing to work with the indian government to bring back the game to india and only time will tell if bgmi is back or all the efforts put in by the indian esports community will have to be reset and by that, I mean, it'll lose valuable time and income for the gaming system, uh, gaming ecosystem 
uh, including the government of India. However, with all that said, it has to be said that security and geopolitical issues have to be respected and a solution, however, has to be found so that other game publishers do not face such similar issues in India. So that was our fourth update and moving on to our fifth and final update uh, for this episode. Uh, I will be discussing the Pro Kabaddi League auctions that happened and how player income is on an upswing and how the Pro Kabaddi League after nine seasons is creating millionaire athletes in Kabaddi, which is, which is a very traditional Indian game and it has been wrapped around with with you know with with excellent planning and uh, created as a mainstream sport thanks to mashal sports so with that said let's just move into uh, five key highlights from this year's uh, player auction that happened in mumbai in august on the 5th and 6th of august uh, so update number 1 we've seen that pkl has broken the uh, records by creating the most expensive uh, kabaddi player uh, so pawan kumar Sh- uh, sherawat was acquired by the tamil thalaivas the uh, franchise from tamil nadu uh, and uh, he has emerged as the most expensive buy uh, and the tamil thalaivas have smashed all time records by paying uh, a sum of 2.26 crores for him which is which is which is unimaginable when uh, when Pro Kabaddi League started nine years ago. Um, also, not nine years ago, but nine seasons ago, uh, Vikash Kandola uh, became the second most expensive player when Bangalore Bulls paid close to rupees 1.70 crores for him. Puneri Paltan, the franchise from Pune, which is a small town near Mumbai, has paid 1.38 crores for a defender uh, by the name of Fazel Atrachali. Uh, Update number four, highlight number four rather is uh, Gum, Gumna, Guman Singh. Sorry, Guman Singh has emerged as the most expensive category B player at the player auction, and he was bought for one point two one crores by U Mumba. So there were four different categories of uh, you know players, and uh, uh, it's amazing to see that category B has reached the one crore mark, which is. Which is uh, which shows the growth of uh, and the popularity of the league and the players, and the seriousness of uh, how teams want to build, you know their uh, their, their their rosters, and the final one being a total of 130 players were sold to 12 franchises during the player auctions over two days, across four categories as I mentioned earlier. The Tamil Thalaivas were the highest spending franchise with a total spend of rupees 4.5. 40 crores, so Indian rupees 4.40 crores, followed by, very closely followed by, I should say, by the Puneri Paltan and the Telugu Titans, who spent close to 4.38 crores each. So, a very, very close uh, spend in terms of uh, competition. But the, the key takeaway from this piece of update is that Pro Kabaddi League continues to grow and players continue to benefit from the emerging sports leagues in India. Uh, and that is the most amazing thing. I never imagined uh, Kabaddi to become so big. Uh, but most interestingly, it also became the first sports league that was uh, actually conducted twice in a year. Uh, just because of uh, pure demand of advertisers and uh, advertising money who wanted to 
uh, brands who wanted to put in money into the league for telecast so uh, this is this is uh, kind of unheard of i've never heard of something like this happening anywhere in the world but uh, there we go uh, it's happened in india uh, and i think pro kabaddi league is uh, only set to grow bigger and hopefully next year we will see some more expansions in terms of franchises and uh, uh, you know the league getting to see more talent coming out uh, especially the younger talent that coming that comes out of the khelo india uh, scheme uh, having said that uh, all of the finalists from uh, the khelo india kabaddi uh, tournament last year were put into the auction and i think some of them also got picked up by uh, franchises uh, in the upcoming league this year With that said, this brings me to the end of uh, episode twenty-six of Sports Business Updates. If you are listening to this part of the podcast, I would really like to thank you for tuning in and listening to the updates from the sports business industry of India. Before I end this episode, I wanted to inform you all that the episodes for Sports Business Updates podcast are available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and a few others. So please listen to them and share them with your friends and colleagues. Have a great week ahead and see you all on the next episode of Sports Business Updates. Thank you and goodbye.